Welcome to A Spoonful of Podcast, where we dive into the magic of Disney destinations, searching for a great big beautiful tomorrow. Broadcasting from the backside of water. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 83 of A Spoonful of Podcast. I am your host, Evan Dickens, here with Mr. Brian Galloway himself. Brian, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, and I've been watching Moon Knight, and Moon Knight is very cool. I hope I hope everybody's watching that on Disney+. Plus. Um, it is, I know we're not talking about that tonight, but it is a very, for a, for a comic fan, it's very, very cool. Look, I was kind of hesitant on Moon Knight, to be honest with you. I, I've, I had not watched it, uh, for the past, you know, like week and a half. And then I think it was, uh, maybe Sun. Oh yeah. A Sunday night. Uh, we were just thinking, what do we want to watch? Let's, let's pick something out. And I started I started, I'm like, you know what, let's watch Moon Knight, let's just see how it is, and I was watching it, and then all of a sudden, Emily was like, yeah, okay, let's watch the next one, and so she was excited too, and it was really good, I was, I really didn't know what to anticipate, because I know nothing about the Moon Knight character, so maybe we have a Moon Knight episode coming up. Yeah, he's a cool character, he's always been a cool character, Yeah, very, he's got, he's a little bit more than a cult character, because he, he gets, he's pretty popular. And um, it's a very interesting character, but it's a good, you know, he's a good superhero. He's a, he, um, he does a lot of good things through, you know, but it's, it's, it's got a crazy beginning and I, I, we, we've definitely seen that, but I, yeah, we don't want to go and give any spoilers away. Right. So uh, Brian had this idea and, and I like it about talking about what the Disney world uh, planning and trip experience and even post trip is like now that, we are, uh, and you know, we're not here to talk about politics or the political scale no, no. of anything like that. But no. I, I think we can all agree that we're not done with with COVID at all. But we're definitely coming out of it. So if you would say pre-COVID, middle of COVID, or post-COVID, I mean, we're not post totally, but we're definitely coming out of it. So now that we are on on the up, I would I would say after this pandemic. Uh, it has left a lasting impression on how it the the nuances of what occurred during this pandemic, how it affects the guests and how they plan for their next vacation. Uh, so I think that's a great idea that we discuss this. We kind of discuss some some ideas and some topics. And Brian, you know, we'll do like we normally do banter, but I, I want to start out with just some just some little recaps about what happened and when. Yeah, because so, I'm I'm forgetting all these things. So this will yeah, enlighten so, me again. This is just a, a few little minor bullet points, okay? So actually, in March the 4th of 2020, Hollywood Studios is celebrating the opening of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, okay? So everybody's there. It's opening. You can ride it. And then a short, just few days later, on March the 12th, Universal Studios closes. And then following very closely after that, on March the 15th, Disney closes, and they said they're going to close to the end of the month. Check this out, too. In May of 2020, Disney reported that its second quarter profit dropped by 90%. 90%, Brian. 90% is crazy. 
Um, so, okay, then you fast forward to July 11th. So obviously they didn't just stay closed to the end of the month of March, which was supposed to be only two weeks. July 11th, you get to that point, the parks start opening back up, resorts as well. And you know, just as a recap for Spoonies, Brian, I know you and I talked about this, but just on March 31st, I mean, that was like 12 days ago, All-Star Sports reopened. So that was the last resort, if I'm not mistaken, to reopen on Disney property. All-Star Sports has been closed this whole time, this whole time since mid-2020. And they just reopened uh, just, you know, a mere almost a week and a half ago, something like that. So that is what uh, the pandemic, how it affected Disney and its earnings and its parks and the resorts, just little bullets. You know, we're, this isn't a, where we're talking about how it affected and what closed and what opened and when things opened and closed. That's not the point of this show, but it's just cool to kind of think about and recap how uh, this affected. And Brian, this is the first time that Disney ever closed for a illness. It closed one day for a hurricane and it closed one day on 9-11. But it's the first time it's ever closed for an illness and for such a long extended period of time. And so, it had impact. And, it, and we we all know, like we've, we've talked before about the impact of being down and, you know, rides not working for sure. a long time and, you know, who oiled them up and who tested them and, um, you know, stoves not being turned on and bathrooms not being cleaned. I mean, it went a long time. Yeah laying idle um that's and that's nothing that this is this is you know this that's others i'm you know this is planning what what you're the disney file or the disney ite or whatever we want to call each other um we've taken it we've had to change we've had to be agile in our approach to traveling and planning we've had to go and do it a different way we had to be a little bit more flexible we had to understand things and things we were used to are not the same. And who knows if they'll ever be that way again. So we had to adjust. And a lot of people couldn't. A lot of people yeah. were not agile enough to do that. But a lot of us were. And we were able to to figure it out. And Disney, you know, obviously Disney works with everybody to try to do it. They know that they have fans. They know people you know do things. They get stuck in a way they do things. And they're yeah. the way they the way they plan is is uh, a, a consistent thing every year. And they know that they lost a lot of that. So that's right. Disney has been trying, and I've seen them get better at that. Yeah, and and so you know we talked about this before, and, and we can divide this up into like pre-trip. So what what goes into planning the trip that has changed post-pandemic, uh, during the trip, and then post-trip. If there's anything after the trip, you want to talk about. Uh, so let's start with pre-trip, and and I was really just drawing a blank as I was preparing for this, and then everything flooded at me at once because I'm like. You know, I was thinking about the the small stuff, right? Like what to pack. So what's different about what you pack? You know, that's what I started with. And I was like, okay, so mask, you know, I mean, start with mask. Masks are, they're not anti-American as in like, you know, like <laughs> not, you know what I mean by that? It's, it's just, we, it's something our culture in America has never done. In other countries around the world, mask wearing has, has been very, uh, very commonplace, even in a lot of um, Asian countries as well. Uh, you'll see if you just go back and look at videos from like Shanghai Disneyland or Tokyo Disney Sea. Uh, sometimes masks are just worn uh, by different cultures for many different reasons. Not necessarily that there's an illness; it could be, it could be a cleanliness aspect. That just aspect of society has never been a part of American culture. Nope, never, and, never, 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 and 
now it's a it's a com and we're still although it's a it's I think it may be alleviated now as, as a mostly optional thing, but masks are still the question. And I think honestly, Brian, it's still if you're planning a trip to go today, whether Disney will change a rule in one way or another is still up in the air. So I mean, at the time of recording, you know what I mean. So you want to pack masks. So that's a that's a something on the packing list to check. Well, okay. So another thing, which now my so Donna Galloway is a germaphobe, and so for every every trip we've taken over the last fifteen years, she's always brought Lysol spray. And, yeah, that's and, right. And wipes, and I don't. I mean, everything. And before we even got into any room. Yeah, she would go in first and clean everything to death, and so. But the normal normal people probably didn't do that as often. They trusted they yeah. trusted the cleanliness room. Now, what I have seen is that people come. You know, they come with their hand sanitizers and their sprays and everything. So that is a different thing. You have to leave space in your bag for things to clean. Yeah, which normally right. you don't want to do. You're on vacation. You don't want to have to do that, but. That is something that's that's new world order. That 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 is stuff that we have to do now. Yeah. You know, regardless if you're going to Disney or not, you go to any place on a trip now, you probably go there with the intent of cleaning the room, even though it, it's probably the cleanest it's ever been. And I have to say, the Disney hotel rooms are cleaner than I've ever seen them. But doesn't matter, you know. But deep down inside, we know, hey, any you know, we could we could catch something so quickly nowadays. Let's be safe. Yeah, and um, before we start talking about process changes and stuff like that, I want to I want to kind of land on this. No pun intended. When I talk about airplanes, but I kind of want to stick here for a second on this pre-trip and planning and stuff. And, and so I we have different experiences on how we arrived to Walt Disney World. You know, you arrived by plane, I arrived by car. So talk a little bit about you know your first trips after the pandemic and how that affected you as an airline passenger and and like you said you had to leave room for cleaning supplies if you're driving down you're not worried about room you, you no, just shove not. it in a corner somewhere right but you're worried about suitcase room so explain how the new norm post not post pandemic but like pre-trip what you would need as a airline uh, passenger you well know. yeah that, you're, that's a great 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 question um and i am a frequent flyer i fly a lot for work i fly so i'm i'm traveling all the time i'm, I'm i consider myself a pretty organized and efficient traveler I, I i know what to do i know where to go i know how to how to you know get through uh security and do all the right things right just to make my trip that much more enjoyable because i hate dealing with a lot of the drama that happens at airports nowadays but so now what you're going to get is you're going to get longer lines. You're going to have, um, you're not going to have enough room in your bags because yes, you are, you are taking valuable space for cleaning supplies, which you normally would never do. Now you can't bring aerosol cans, um, on board. You can, you right. can do it on your, you can do it on your, in your check bag. Yeah. But so you have to either get a bigger bag to put in all the extra or you, you use up space from other things. So then you have to learn how to really pack smart, and efficient and maybe try to shrink things down or use space bags, which actually always are pretty cool. If I don't know if people use those, I, I like those saves me a lot of space. Um, but I have to say the traveling, the thing about the traveling, I think is the big, the lines are much are bigger. Wearing a mask on a plane is tough because there's not enough, the, the air, the airflow is not as good. So you're going to have, you're going to, it's, it's, it's not great. And, um, 
I can I can deal with the mask any other time. I I have I had no issue walking around Walt Disney World with masks. It didn't if I had to I, I could do it even in the hot weather. It wasn't that bad. On a plane, it's tough because you just don't have the airflow and the air stale. Um, yeah, but you have to. Like I have to say, it's almost you know you have to, and it's probably I have a feeling that we're not going to change that for a long time. You're going to see people with masks on planes for years. Yeah, I, uh, agree. I don't think that because that's it's a hotbed of of germs. It really is. Right. So that that is hard. It's harder. I think um, people are more uptight. Um, the crews are not as friendly because they're dealing with all the uptight people. I've definitely noticed that in the maybe the five flights I've taken since that, since the you know the the time where I didn't t- fly for almost a good you know maybe a good year if not, um, I have found that the crews are not as happy anymore because they're dealing with the people. I really find that the people are not happy because they're wearing masks and they're cramped. I feel it, it, it becomes more of a struggle because you have to like conserve what you're packing. You have to get there way early because there will be extra crowds because I think they're just much tougher with everything now. So it is, it's a different, it's not as enjoyable to go to the airport and go and start your trip off. So you have to be prepared that you're going to start your trip off on a kind of a sour note. You're going to be kind of, you know, moody or you're dealing with a lot of moody people and you just try to be more positive, but it, it is, it is something that you notice. It's a big difference to travel now. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's true. And, and the biggest thing is uh, personal space, which and this is something we may talk about when we talk about the parks in general, but like personal space on airplanes, mask on airplanes is still, you know, we've flown a, a good deal recently and it's, it's still going to be there. Like you said, I don't know if it's, I mean, it may be lifted as a mandate, but I think a lot of people are going to stick with it as an option. So jumping to, uh, you know, driving down. So I remember Brian, I don't, and as I start talking about this, you'll remember, uh, this from just us being friends for, for several years now in 2020. Okay. So March, 2020, you know, that's when the Mickey Minis was celebrated. Then on March 15th, Disney closes. And then in June of 2020, Emily and I go down to Orlando and I just remember as a car, you know, being in the car going down there, we wanted to minimize our stops along the way as much as possible. Right. Um, and a lot, and honestly, not everything, not everything was back open again. I, I remember trying to stop at a restaurant. I think it was on the way back in June, maybe. And, it was it was just closed and there was no signs or indications or I mean like a drive through place and so there was a lot of stuff still closed in June of 2020 uh, and we we went down there and the parks were not open but we stayed at Orange Lake Holiday Inn Orange Lake and we got a really good deal Disney Springs was open though so we just did this as like hey we're gonna do a short little getaway we're gonna go to Disney Springs we're gonna just kind of maybe go eat a couple places if it's open. And, and really, you know, June 2020 is not really when it started getting really bad was after that, kind of. I mean, and before that, too. Yeah, there was a, there, you're right, because there was a little, it was bad, then there was a little bit of a lull, and then it yeah. got bad. Right. So then we were, that's when, that's when we went, and it was just so weird. I mean, Disney Springs was dead. It was uh, quiet. It was surreal, right? It was surreal. It, it was very right? surreal. And I know, I know a lot of people that went to the parks in August, which is the month after they opened, and talking about how there was no crowds, nothing at all. And uh, that's how it changed, though, was our approach and kind of how we think about things 
and it definitely affected that trip as well, driving down. But I think as far as driving down, you know, you don't have to worry about cleaning supplies and stuff like that, but it's something now that you are definitely thinking about. And, you know, for those who like your wife that did clean the whole room, it's, we started bringing wipes and I don't think we used to do that. We started bringing wipes and we would bring Lysol cans because, you know, if we have a seven day trip, we're not going to, we don't have a, every, a new mask for all seven days. Maybe, maybe you should, um, we wouldn't use it every day or anything, but if we, if we had a mask that we wanted to reuse at least once, we would completely soak it with Lysol until it was wet and leave it up on a hanger to dry. And that's like, fine. And that's you, fine. Yeah. But you, you would never think about that no, before this. That. No, and you, you know, know, you would it, never think about that. Well, and, and the thing is, you know, here, I'll tell you this, and I don't want to dwell on the mass stuff too, for too much, but one of the things that I always like about Disney or, or anything like this, um, you know, a boardwalk or something, is seeing people, seeing smiles, smiling at people who work yeah. there, um, smiling at people, smiling back. The thing is, you never know now. You could go by and you're smiling. No one knows you're smiling. They think you could be cursing at you. You don't know that. And you have to, you, you have the masks and yeah. I just think there was a little bit of, um, I don't know, it, it, some of that contact, that positive contact that is generated was just lost because you just didn't know. You just, people are walking with their masks and, but you know, a lot of them wear dark masks and you don't know what's going on and you can't tell that they're smiling from their cheekbones sometimes. And, and that to me. That was a tough one. It's still a tough one when I do, you know, if I do still have to wear a mask in some yeah. places, it does bother me that I can't smile because that's just the way I am. Right. Yeah. My, my last comment on the mask too, and this is, this is very interesting. So I started my job that I'm in now in, in May of 2019, which was pre pandemic and, you know, early 2020 mask became mandated in, in customers. And, you know, just recently, I mean, in the last month or two, most companies now have lifted their mask mandates. And Brian, I've forgotten what a lot of my customers look like. Seriously. That's funny. And I mean, it's, I, I know what, I know who they, obviously I know who they are. I'm not disassociated with that, but like I've, I've forgotten facial features and like what they look like without a mask. I've just been used to seeing their eyes <laughs> over the last year and a half to two years. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, like, you know, most I see, crazy. I still see a lot of people who work in public jobs like restaurants or um, today they're at, at, in the office, a security guard had his on the whole day. And um, so I think there's still a lot of people that, that are, they're either they're told that they have to wear them in certain areas where they, they come in contact with a lot of people during the day where they have no real idea if the person's um, vaccinated or not. Right. But most of the other people I see, they're not. I mean, I, you go to a store You'll see one out of 10. Now, I can even tell you before COVID, I've been to Japan many times. In Japan, it was almost 50-50 or 40-60 with people wearing masks all the always, always. Yeah, that's it's, right. You, know, like that's you right. said that you did. You had a really good segue into that because saying that's part of what it is over there. They have been doing it for the longest time. Right. And, and this is something that we're going to – we're never going to throw our masks away, guys. You might think, hey, I don't have to do it anymore. But there are going to be there are going to be reasons along the way where you might have to wear them. No, you're not going to have to wear them in everyday life all the time. I really don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. But there will be situations where there's a lot of people in certain areas, right? Hospitals, um, public transportation, where you're going to wear masks, and it's it's not going to go away. 
Yeah. Okay. So transitioning into, you know, this is some stuff that I had totally forgotten about. The stuff we've talked about up to right now is the stuff that came to my head immediately talking about pre-trip and stuff. But we have to, we have to remember that before the pandemic, there was dining reservations at 180 days in advance and fast pass was still around and fast pass reservations were made 60 days prior. If you had a package, uh, 30 days for you know ticket guests. And uh, that oh, and the dining plan, the dining plan was around, yeah, right? Plan. So all of this goes out the window, and you could go to any park at any time you wanted, as long as it wasn't at capacity, which the parks hardly ever reached capacity, unless you're Magic Kingdom on like July Fourth or something, you know. Other than that, you, the parks rarely reached capacity. You could go to any park you wanted to day of. You could park hop freely. All of this stuff is now changed because of this pandemic and now you have theme park reservations so you know we can talk about these one at a time if you want to brian so theme park reservations totally you know when it started coming on theme having to reserve your day at a theme park once you buy a ticket we a lot of us said even me and you said this is not going away you know disney's gonna keep this system because it's too it's too good of a system for them to be able to plan numbers and inventory and stock and stuff and it keeps, like that it keeps one park from being overcrowded because they right yeah, that I think that was always the big thing that I heard them complain about is like if some reason for some reason everybody went to Magic Kingdom one day they might not have enough staff there then they had they had too much staff at Animal Kingdom and they're sitting around twiddling their thumbs because everybody's over at Magic Kingdom so now they can plan better for that yes. stuff. Yep. So it's probably a smart move, and it's probably better for us as I think so as as customers because hey, you know what? We got to plan a little bit. Okay, that's fine, but we're not going to hit those horrible crowd days anymore. We don't, we'll hit crowd days, but we're never going to hit those massive crowd days anymore because they're it, hopefully they'll be they'll be managed through this. Yeah, and one the most mostly positive response from the park reservation uh, system. The negative response would be mostly from the annual pass holders who can only just, you know, book a few days at a time, especially if you're local. Yeah. I mean, what if you're local and you take off a week and you just want to, you know, your kids are on spring break and you want to plan, you know, six days of parks. You, you can't do that unless you have a reservation to like a hotel. In, in that case, you can. But as an annual pass holder, you can only book a few days at a time. You can't really plan very well. But otherwise, I, I actually see the pluses. I see the benefits of having a system in place like this. Uh, never would have probably anticipated something like this happening. And uh, of course, like Universal Studios, for their parks, they've rumored to do this. I know we're not a Universal podcast, but they've rumored to do it and they've not done it yet. But uh, I think it's something that we may see start occurring at, at theme parks or and, camp campuses that have many theme parks on site. Yeah. And it's something you could work like most of these, you could figure out a way to work around. I know annual pass holders have problems, right. but I have to tell you, I haven't seen it happen many, many times where you couldn't get a reservation, but it does happen. Um, it does happen. There are some, it's going to be the crazy holiday times where a lot of times right. annual pass holders are blacked out anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I don't foresee it being that bad and I'm a pass holder. So I, I mean, I don't, I don't foresee it being that bad. Yeah. And so theme park reservations, I think they're overall good. Um, a next one is park hopping. So park hopping was gone away for a long time and now you have park hopping, but you have to hop after 2 PM 
as yeah. long as there's availability in that park. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I, I want to, can I take a step back though? Because yeah, I, take a step back. Yeah. I think part of the, the mantra of being a, a, you know, I don't know. Are we Disney files? I don't know what we are. We're Disney fans and, and people, Disney people who go a lot. And I'm a DVC member. <clears throat> I looked forward every year to putting together my plan. I wanted to put sure. together, you know, Hey, the days are we're going to go. Okay. That's a good point. Days yeah. we're gonna go. And then I, then, Okay, so am I going to do the dining plan? Probably, yeah. We, we, most of the time we did it. Depends on yeah. where, where we wanted to go and things. But it, okay, so we let's start looking at our restaurants we want. Okay, those are the restaurants we want. Now, um, how about how about our let's let's let, you know, it's 180 days out. Let me wake up early in the morning. Let me make my reservations, and I do my best. And then what then I would do is as soon as I got my reservations for the restaurants I wanted. Then I would determine, okay, which parks are we going to go to? See, and I planned my parks. Yeah, um, I did before this. I always planned the parks. We that's right. We knew where we were going. We knew we were going to Animal Kingdom on this day. We were no. Now we don't we don't park hop that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if we did, we always knew where our base our base park was going to be because that's yeah. how we plan things. And and that was part of the fun. And then what we would do once we did that, the very next step is to plan your. Um, your fast passes and like all of that was a ritual it was a ritual it was fun it gave us it also was part of looking forward to your trip like it made your trip that much better because you're anticipating things you're planning you're working together as a family you're putting together your plan we had so much fun and you know and we could talk to my kids like just just deciding which restaurants you know hey which one are we going to do this year which one what you know what do we want to do um who's looking forward to this and we would do that every year and it was just a lot of fun. And, and yeah. I, I miss that because it's not the same anymore. It, it really isn't. And that ritual is gone. And we had, we had, we had a really good plan. We had a good approach to how we did it. And, you know, for a good 10, 11 years, we had that down, you know, we had that down as a family. We were, we, it was second nature and it was something we looked forward to. And that's yeah. not there anymore. And that's, you, so I'm tying in a bunch of things that you said. Right, but I have to say that it's that full immersion of planning for your trip, which is probably more time than you spend on your trip. Sometimes, right. um, you plan you plan for four or five months for a week trip. You know, it, it those, but but it's that anticipation, talking about it, you know, thinking about, wow, oh, I can't wait to go to Cape May and get crab legs. You know, and like that, all that kind of stuff is part of the anticipation of your trip, which makes your trip that much better. And that kind of stuff is a lot of that's lost right now. Yeah. You know, it gives you milestones to look forward to into your next vacation. I mean, I remember growing up, going to the beach. I'd go to the beach with my mom's side of the family, go to the beach with my my dad. And, you know, different times we would go. So like with my mom's side of the family, we would go to Daytona Beach every year on like the second week of July or third week of July or something like that we would go. So... Once you, once you're there, you know, you're super excited and you're even like, you know, the month before you're, you're going to the summer, me as a kid, you know, you get out of school, you have June and then you go into July and you're like, oh, we got our beach trip coming up. You know, I'm excited. And then after that, though, when you get home, you know that you're going to go next year, but there's nothing to really look forward to in between that whole year span. And Disney provided, like you said, these milestones or these, you know, anticipatory 
markings to where you could say, okay, here's dining. Let's do that. Oh, I'm excited. We got this restaurant. We've never tried that before, or it's our favorite. We got it for this time. And then you could, you know, say your park, you pick your parks, then you pick 60 days out your fast passes. Then you're excited. You can start, you know, once you get past 60, you're getting into 30, even you're closer. Maybe you just want to completely swap up a day. You want to change things around a little bit, different fast passes, different restaurants, just you have a like you said a lot of stuff to look forward to a lot more hands-on planning a lot of advanced planning and now it's all like it's like a just a a quick snap of the fingers but but you mentioned the dining plan so you know the dining plan my thoughts on the dining plan the dining plan doesn't necessarily at all save someone money unless you do like to eat at table service restaurants a lot and that is when you start weighing it mostly though. And we've talked about this, Brian, the dining plan is a huge convenience. It's the idea that your meals are already quote unquote prepaid or included in your package or whatever. And you can go, you can dine, they scan your magic banner or whatever. And you're, you don't feel that burden of having to pay for bills at while you eat at restaurants or snacks or those kind of things. So, the dining plan. I mean, we've now almost Brian at two years, almost where we've not had a dining plan at the parks or resorts. Uh, I think that is a huge impact. And I know for a fact that a lot of people are waiting for the dining plan to come back. Yeah. It's gotta be. And again, there are going to be some changes. It'll never be the way it was, but just so you know, the 10 or 12 year ago dining plan versus the five year, five year ago dining plan was dramatically different sure and so over the years it changed a lot when i when i first started the dining plan it was pretty much every restaurant was only one one table service you never had two yeah um the uh tip was included Hmm. you always got dessert appetizer and dessert and the tip was included so like that was that was all in your price you really only thing you paid was if you wanted anything above a 15 percent tip Everything else was included, or like alcoholic drink or something. Alcoholic yeah. drink. I'm sorry. Yes, alcohol. They they had an alcoholic plant too, but the, but that yeah. was yeah, yeah. That was that was the, that was it, the way it was. To, to me, it was very it was worth it. It was totally sure. worth it. It was a great deal. But then people abused it, just like anything else, and people found ways to to uh, you know take advantage of it. And then Disney caught on, and they they started changing things. Right. Um, but it still was pretty good for a while. I, I think near the end, um, it really was wasn't as good as it used to be. And I, you really had to think about what you're doing. It really depended on where you were going to go. So you'd make your reservations and you'd see what restaurants you had. Then you would decide if you're doing the dining plan, because yeah. if you didn't get certain re- restaurants, it wasn't worth it. Right. And, and that was a big, that was a big thing. So, and I, and again, I have, I've written articles on this in, in, in uh, a couple of periodicals about, I, I, I've done a couple big time tests of, eating in the dining plan versus not data wise. You're right, Evan, you don't, it doesn't save you. If it's like in in a lot of cases, it could save you like, you know, $20. I mean, it's not going to save you a lot of money. That's Um, right. And, and it's, it, cause believe me, Disney has people who, who, who calculate those numbers too. They figured out what the average, what the average person bought, what the average person get. They, they came up with a number. They would never, they would not be given money away. That's right. But the convenience factor was, was immense. Plus, you always got your refillable mug. Right. So there was a couple other good things about the dining plan. I, I have to say, my last trip we didn't have the dining plan. Um, 
it was it was fine. Um, I just became more aware of the prices, right? Which I wasn't when with the dining plan. That's yeah. another thing too. Is I'd be like, why is she ordering that fifty dollar thing? Because I know she's never going to eat the whole thing, like right. that kind of stuff. And I never beforehand, I would never care. I was like, okay, whatever. You, you, you know, you take two bites. Who cares? Now I was more worried. I was like, are we getting the much most for our money here? Right. And and because you don't want to pay four hundred dollars for a dinner, um. So yes, the dining plan. Is a very interesting thing, but I will welcome it back. But I want—I'm really curious to see what they're going to do with it. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, you know, we're still on pre-trip here. So, theme park reservations, park hopping. Uh, talking about what you pack is now different, and now you know, like you said, which was a great kind of segue. You said it's not going to come back the same way, and you're exactly right. Uh, just like annual passes uh, didn't come back in the same way, and that really wasn't yeah. even annual pass. Annual pass was not even on my list. Uh, but I just thought of it randomly. So it's come back different. And when things go away, like the pandemic forced Disney to close and rethink or revitalize these systems in a way that they see more fit. So like you said, Brian, I'm pretty sure when the dining plan comes back, it's not going to be in its same form it was when it left no, with, no with three different plans, you know, this, 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 and it's going to be something else. We have no idea what it's going to be at the time of the recording, but it's going to be something different. So, the last, you know, bit of this is obviously fast pass and the going away of fast pass, which we talked, we we've done whole episodes on, on genie plus and talked about fast passes and stuff, but you know, how does Brian, you've, you've mentioned this the most, so I'll, I'll let you take the reins on this. This greatly affects how your pre-trip goes now. Oh, it totally does. Yeah. Uh, you know, what's funny is back Again, back when we had the paper fast passes, and again, Disneyland had it not that long ago, right? They still had the the, the paper fast passes. Um, right. You didn't have to plan as much, right? You ju- you didn't have to. Yeah. The only thing you had to do was, on the day you went to that park, you had to get there early and ma- and beeline to the rides that you wanted. But if you if you were smart in your approach, you would get all the rides you needed. Yeah. I like the paper fast passes better. A lot of people didn't because they wanted to plan ahead of time. Well, okay, it wasn't that easy to game the fa- the paper fast passes. It wasn't because you only got a certain amount. They were timed. You had to go to that kiosk to get them. So you couldn't game it as much. What happened with the other fast passes that really bothered me was there were people that figured out ways to game them. Mm-hmm. And then it made it difficult and it wasn't fair. Right. There were there was a lot of problems. Um, where things weren't fair, you couldn't get rides. That never happened with the paper fast. The paper fast pass, if you were there early enough, you got your ride. There right. were days where you could actually log on one minute into the into the time period and there would be nothing available. Yeah. I could not see how that could be possible. Um, that kind of stuff happened. That made it worse. Now, Disney Disney was planning. But you know, I would tell you, before pandemic, they were trying to figure out something better. So yeah. Genie Plus didn't just come out of that. Right. Genie Plus was something that probably evolved from these people that game that, and they, they game obviously they game the the dining plan, dining reservations, the ADRs. They've always been gamed. People book three or four reservations at the same time, and then they would l- release them with a minute to go before the before their reservation, and then we would all be stuck going to Tony's Town Square all the time, and and that and that's that's not fair. Um, so right. a lot of this stuff that people complain about, 
go look in the mirror because a lot of you have have altered that by trying to game the system. Not yeah. everybody has, sure, but that's a problem. But see, but my whole thing with FastPass is, is that GD Plus is not that bad. It really isn't if you go back and compare it to the paper fast passes. If you compare it to the other to the online digital fast passes, no, it's not. It th- those were better because you figured out a way to game them, but you didn't have to pay fifteen dollars. So that's the other thing. Hey, they we we j- they jacked up the price, and now you're doing Genie Plus, which is really not what we were used to. Yeah. But again, if you go back to the people that were used to the paper. It's it's not that much different. Right. It's fifteen dollars. That that's the biggest difference. I I really feel that if Disney sat down with a an audience of people that have used like they should call me. I mean I, I volunteer if they want me that have used Genie Plus successfully, but also know the flaws and were able to had a little forum and they sat down and they listened to what people had to say and their issues and problems. There are ways they could improve it. There there. We're not going to, guys. I don't think we're going to lose Genie Plus for a while. It's going to be around. There are yeah. going to be different iterations. Sure. But what are those iterations, and what are the things to focus on? And those we'll see that with time. But that's a big thing. You now you have to plan that way. You actually you don't have to plan your fast passes. You just have to figure out what you want to do that day, and then wake up early. Because yeah. I again, your and again, this is our mantra. We should make shirts of this. That your trip is dictated by you waking up at at, at and being up at six fifty eight in the morning. That's right. Um, to do this, that that dictates your experience. That is not a good vacation, yeah. and that is something that we have to. There has to be a better way to do it. I, you know, tell you the truth, Evan. I, it'll never happen. But going back to paper fast passes, I think would 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 be a better segue than going back to digital. So I don't know what's going to happen, but Genie Plus is here to stay. I don't. I, it's just going to be a new. It's going to be. Maybe they'll name it something different, but it's going to be it's going to be this that same premise and just built on it and try to pick pick out the flaws, get rid of them, and and then work towards something that's going to work for everybody. Because right now it's not going to work; it doesn't work for everybody. Right, and we'd have to be naive to to think that in March of 2020, on day one of closing, that's the day that. Disney got together and started making this Genie Plus system. It's it's been in the works way before the pandemic. This just gave them a a lot easier way to come back when things open with Genie Plus. I mean, you can't create this whole uh, interface and characters in just a year. I mean, you you have Genie, the whole branding, marketing aspect, the the purchase system, the whole redoing of the system, the digital aspect behind it. You know, Brian, the app side well, they, of things. Well, well, because I mean, Magic it does, Bands were supposed to do go it away. Year. Right. You know, Evan, Magic yeah. Bands, at Magic, there was a project. We know this. Magic Bands were on their way out. They stopped They stopped giving them away for free. There was a, there, there was a really low production shortage. Magic Bands were, were being phased out. But then they ran into phone problems and issues with connectivity. And then they yeah. realized, you know something, this is not going to work. We can't, we can't have everything relying on people's phones because that's an unknown. We don't know what kind of phone do you have when you come to the park. Do you bring your phone every trip? Now, you, you kind of have to, yeah. but 
we don't know who has a good phone versus a bad phone, and we don't know how their connectivity is. We don't know what kind of plans they have. Right. We can't require people to have a certain phone or a certain plan. Right. So we have to still have our magic bands. We we need them. So then there was a big surge. They re, they redid a whole bunch of magic bands. They they made a whole lot of versions. If you go back in time and look, there was a stretch there where. No real magic bands were being created for a while, and then all of a sudden, boom! It turned back, and then all the now they're more, they're more of of a jewelry thing. People buy you know five yep. or six of them all the time, and, and that's all because it it didn't work. Like that's a lot of it with the pandemic, but it was just they made a bad mistake. They they made a bad decision to go full digital without really understanding what people wanted. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Anything else you have pre trip? No, but a lot of these pre-trip things are going to work into what we yeah. just talked about with the trip. So, so during trip, um, you know, on initial ar- arrival, there's even, you know, what I call sandwich boards or whatever you want to call them, boards out that have messages on them that now strongly encourage guests to do online check-in or app check-in. Uh, online check-in or doing it on the app was definitely an option before the pandemic and people would use it. Uh, but it was not something that like necessarily Disney would make signs about strongly encouraging that to occur. Right. But now because of, you know, space in the lobbies, distancing of people, cleanliness of the area, COVID concerns there, they are encouraging direct to room is what they're calling it. Right. So that's something that's definitely different as well. And I think you made a good point, Brian, earlier about, the initial room inspection, you know, pre pandemic, you just would walk in, throw all your stuff down, either get going on your day, start unpacking, going into it. But this has given another barrier wall between the, ins- the inspection process from the guest point of view, looking over their room. I think there's a couple like initial thoughts of like during trip or, or once you arrived and your, your trip kind of, well, kind and, of experience. Know, and, and that's the, the funny thing about it was to me, one of the cool aspects to Walt Disney World or Disneyland or any of the Disney parks was, you know, hey, you have great cast, great cast members. Check-in was always a lot of fun. I sure, like check-in. Yeah. Was, the lobbies are so awesome. Somebody, you, you talk about stuff. They ask you. You get everything set up. You, work, you know, you you make your you look at the maps. You you ask questions. I love that. Now this year, I have to tell you, at the boardwalk, we did go and check in the normal way. We didn't do the online. Um, and you know what? It was pretty cool because I got to know one of the people at the front desk, and yeah. it helped me a lot with other things during the week. And we go back and look, listen to my my trip report. But um, I think that you you make a great point there. That is that is definitely something that's gonna that impacts you. That the whole check in process is different now. I would say eighty percent of the people use mobile. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's something else on your during the trip? List? So okay, so here's here's um. The buffets. I, yeah, I think you know, we talked about one. Disney has some great buffets, amazing buffets, right? And they had yeah. some family style, but not that many family style. Um, now, pretty much all the buffets are gone. I don't think they're coming back yet. I, I know there, there's been talk, but they're mostly the, the restaurants that were buffets are now family style. Mm-hmm. Only get, a few buffets, but you're right. So many more family style. Yeah. And so we're going to get, you know, maybe we'll get them back. I, I don't know, but I have to say, Family style is okay in the right setting. Like Whispering Canyon, family style works, right? It works really well. It always has worked. Yeah. Um, Cape May, 
we went, that was not easy family style. I, I, uh, um, Ohana, eh, it wasn't really that good family style for dinner. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't because you didn't have the peak guys coming by with the skewers of meat and chopping them. You can't, you had a dish. You know, it was, you know, it's, it's part of the ambiance of what you're here sure. to do. And you, the freshness of seeing the, the meat, you know, yeah. cut right in front of you. You don't know how long it was in the plate. You know, I don't think it was there that long, but it's just, it just, it's just the way it looks. Yeah. Those kind of things. So buffet, missing buffets is a big, is a big issue with me. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great point. Most, most are coming back in a family style manner. Uh, I think, you know, people talk about how food may be wasted on buffets, but I think this, the family style method wastes more food. Oh yeah. Uh, because you, you, I mean, Brian, you and I were, when we went to Whispering Canyon, I mean, that lady, she was super, our, our waitress was awesome, but you know, she was like, uh, Hey, you know, you want another skillet. You're still hungry. And so, you know, Whispering Canyon, they, they want you to eat as much as you can. They're, they're fun. But, uh, I, I think overall the family style bringing out just dishes of stuff ends up with more wasted food. Now I know Disney has programs for their food, you know, fertilizer, stuff like that. Yeah. So, I mean, they do recycle their food, but, but I'm just saying is in an immediate consumption level, even a profit standpoint, you're wasting a, a lot more food than you would necessarily on a buffet. So that's a good point. And I didn't even think about buffets and something else I didn't even think about until I said the word mobile, which used to be, my best kept little secret in the world. Yes. When you would have flame tree barbecues, the line, you know, 27 people deep and I'm walking up there getting my food and people are looking at me like I'm, I'm nuts. How did this man just bypass all of us and get his food? That was because of mobile ordering. And it was like the best kept secret of the parks and resorts. But you know, when the parks reopen, it was pretty much strictly mobile ordering. I mean, the cash was not King. It was, and it's still mobile ordering a lot. So now that's another, how has the trip changed since the pandemic and mobile ordering is how it has changed. Well, you, you definitely, I learned, yes. I learned my skills from you on that. That That's uh, I became amazingly good with mobile ordering. Um, yeah. But yeah, you were right. That was a secret. I got to take advantage of it for a short, short time before yeah. now everybody does it. But um, it, it is, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not even a, it's not a fad anymore. It's just everybody does it. That's, that's everybody like does it. more often than not. Yeah. Some every, restaurants, that's all they have. That's correct. Everybody does it. A lot of, a lot of places strongly encourage it. Some that's all they have. Um, there's even fewer registers open. I mean, you got, think about uh, Casey's corner or even uh, pizza Rizzo or these places, these fast food, fast food, these quick service, I, I think, cause they are fast. I yeah, mean, quick fast. service restaurants. Yeah. Restaurants food, yeah. that used to have, you know, you'd see a line of cast members at their registers, all open, ready to take you. Not now. Now you only see maybe two cast members yeah. at, at registers, and most of the other registers have, you know, bags over them or whatever uh, because they're closed, and they're they're suggesting and strongly encouraging mobile ordering. So I think that's definitely def different now that this pandemic has happened. Uh, was I know most plexiglass was an issue, but most of plexiglass is down now. That was affecting your trip for sure. Um, but it was for a long time. It was it was a big impact, especially on the ones on rides. Like like it was annoying. I mean that you know oh, yeah. you, you go on certain rides. If you were behind the plexiglass, you didn't have the same experience. No, you didn't. So I'm glad that's gone. And you know this is the and then whatever else you want to talk about on during trip. This is my last little note on during okay. the trip. And I think that. This is just kind of now in, in life 
since the pandemic in general, and that is just personal space. I mentioned it earlier, but I think people are more, they're more liking to their personal space now after the pandemic. And I know physical distancing was forced for a while with markers on the ground, stuff like that. But now that they're not, I still think that people have this um, a positive negative magnet, you know, when they try to touch and they can't kind of thing like going on where people like their personal space. And I think it has been birthed out of this pandemic kind of mindset. Don't get too close to me. What if you're sick? I mean, I mean, that's it's horrible to think about that because it 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 divides us as as that relationship aspect of our humanity, right? Wanting to meet new people or talk to people. I think we're hesitant to talk to to strangers or meet new people or even get too close to people because we have this personal space uh, distance that is added. So whatever your bubble was, as if your whole life before the pandemic, add another foot or two, and that's kind of how we are now, post put, or after this pandemic or coming out of this pandemic. You know, well, here's a good. I'm glad you said that because so. I was at, I went to the fish and chips place in England, which I love. Yep. One night, and I got my meal, and there was no seats available because, again, everybody was separated. You know, there was only a couple in one area, a couple in there, so it reduced the number of seats available. So I went over to the little the little alleyway between the stores uh, over in the UK there, and there was a lot of these benches. And the benches are about eight feet long, so there was one bench, and there was a man on the bench um, with a mask on. And I just, you know, there was no, it was so eight feet. He was on the one corner of one. There was seven feet more on the right, on the left. And I said, hey, is it okay if I sit over here? And the guy gave me a hard time because he didn't want me on his bench. He said, there's no, you know, this, <laughs> it's, it, you know, with COVID, da, da, he starts getting on my case. I'm like, oh, gosh. right. So I go, I found another bench that was empty and I sat down and, and, and so then I was all by myself. And somebody came and sat near me. And I said, go ahead. Like, I was yeah. not going to be that person to sit there right. and complain to somebody. But it, it, it was like, what, any other time at Disney, no one would ever do this. They would right. they would be like, sure, where are you from? Where are you yeah, saying, oh, where right. are you from? North Dakota? Or like, like it, would be, it would be like, you would have a good conversation. That's another thing I miss. I miss that whole interaction and the right. meeting people because now everybody's hesitant to talk. They don't even want, they're worried, oh, is that person, is that person leaking yeah. COVID all over the place? And, <laughs> leaking um, COVID. <laughs> But but I'll tell you my next my next thing is is this is a very interesting one too because you know based on the pandemic we've had tons of supply chain issues and that's still happening and I I can tell you that shopping at Walt Disney World is much different than it was previously. There's not as much variety. Um, they're behind, you know, I know even like with Christmas stuff, they, they didn't even have all the Christmas stuff in by Christmas Mm -hmm. and they were selling it afterwards at discount because it came in so late. Shopping is very different. Even like, like Morimoto's in, uh, or, uh, I'm sorry, what's the, what's the one in Japan? What's the department store? Um, that's, yeah, uh, I know whatever it is. The department store in Japan, Yeah, the Japan store. Yeah. So you go in there. They were. They were so so out of so many things like yeah. that normally they would have there. Like they had in the Godzilla section, they had like one shirt and one hat. They didn't have right. like hardly anything because they were having trouble getting things in. And that's big. And it was big for Disney because Disney took a hit because there are certain things that you want to buy and you go there for a reason and you try to look for a variety. You try to find those interesting things. 
not everybody's going to buy the same thing. They still sell tons and tons of stuff, right. but I think you would have more. Um, World of Disney was was lacking in so many yep. things. Um, it, it was it was really bad. So I would say part of your trip experiences, you're probably not going to get back to the norm of shopping for another good year. Yeah, I totally agree. That's a great point, supply chain issues. I mean, people people are going recently and they're like, uh, why is there Christmas shirts out? Yeah. Why is there Christmas merchandise? Well, that's because that's a global supply chain issue, which is something the pandemic caused more recently uh, than than not, you know, now the the supply chain problems was not necessarily caused from sickness, but lack of employees being available uh, for a multitude of reasons that are political or non political. Not going into that, but uh, that is what's caused supply chain issues and logistical and transportational problems. Getting it to the parks and getting it into the hands of the consumer that is what has been an issue. And you're right, Brian. That's a good one. Is availability of stock certain things are not there your favorite items that you used to get every trip not there anymore or not there right now until they come back uh disney is having to pivot in a lot of ways even as small to uh you know going in world of disney like you said and seeing all the changes but the the stuffed animal section or like the the plush is what they call section you know you may see four shelves full of stitch and that's all you have and, and that I mean, exactly. that's just, that's just is what it is. And you either get stitch or you don't get stitch. You get something else. What uh, was the store in Epcot? So I, I, I apologize for, um, the newest store in Epcot is called the creations, the creations. Okay. Creations. We, we the first time we went in there, you and I, it was lacking. It was still a really cool store yeah. and it had some really cool things, but you could tell. Yeah. Definitely. Right. There was a lot of empty space in that store. The next time I went, it had started to fill up, but it was still missing. Right. Definitely missing. Third time I went, it was starting to fill a little bit more. Yep. And that is going to be, that's the way we're going to see this happening. You know, eventually things will get back to where we wanted to be. But at that point, at the very beginning, think they would get stuff in and they would be sold immediately. And then like, because there was no available, there was nothing else available. But people, people right. came to buy a shirt. They might not get the shirt they originally wanted, but they're going to buy something. So they'll buy this one that they have there, which might be not that great, but they're going to, oh, hey, I'm going to buy it anyway. You know, whatever I do, I want to get a shirt. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that we saw. That will change. It'll get better with time. Sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. But it, it's definitely nowhere near. I, I, oh, in the store, the store in China was like, there was one whole section oh, yeah. that wasn't even opened. Right? It <laughs> wasn't right. even yeah. opened. I remember that. Yeah. And, right. and where, why? Because he said, hey, they can't get anything in. Nothing's coming in. So we're, yeah. we're missing. So that kind of stuff will get better. It'll change. It will. Um, with yeah. time. But right now, if you go now, it's still it's still not better. I mean, it's not anywhere near. I, was, I would say it's at 50% of where it should be right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Anything else during the trip that you have wrote down? Well, yeah, the bigger one. The big Here's the elephant in the room. Everything okay. is more expensive than it ever was before. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a right. big one. That's a, it, it's it's you know we it's it, it's gone unsaid, but you know, foods foods more expensive, drinks are more expensive. The, the souvenirs we just talked about, they're more expensive. Um, your rooms are more expensive. Your everything is more expensive right now. Um, is that ever going to go back? No. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. I don't think. But. What your Disney what your Disney trip is today compared to what it was five years ago, there's a dramatic difference in price. And it's not just the rooms and the tickets because you kind of know that's going to happen. 
but I'm saying everything else. A lot of the, you know, like soda and water. It was, I have to say, I, I never really complained that much about the price of water and soda in Disney. Because, yeah, hey, was it great? No. But I would go to like Six Flags or other places, and it would be a lot more expensive for water right, and soda. Right. So Disney kept it at a reasonable level. Yeah. But the last time I was there, man, it like $4 for a bottle of water um, where you could just go to the grocery store and get a you know 20 pack for like $6. That is really overboard. And the one last thing I want just to segue into that is the refillable mugs are always a great value. They always are. If you're in a, in a, if you drink a lot, if you have a tea or coffee in the morning, you drink a couple sodas during the day, it automatically pays for itself. So you have like two drinks yeah. over a trip, it pays for itself. Well, it's not the same anymore because now you have to, a lot of times you have to give it some, to somebody to fill up. You can't fill it up yourself. Sometimes you can, Yeah. but a lot of places you have to give it to somebody to fill up. Right, and that's really that. I don't want to do that. I don't want. I like. I, hey, hey, you, you didn't fill it up all the way. What are you doing, dude? Do you, don't you know I know how to drink? I like <laughs> like drink a lot. You know, guy gives me a yeah. half filled soda. I, and then you and then you can't go back again for another fifteen minutes. So I, the refillable mug is one that I want to see that get back to the way it was before. Yeah, that's hopefully right. it will. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, those are all great points. I think the the price cost. You know, you'd have to have a real. Um, figures-driven ec- economic type person to do the math to calculate what the normal inflation would have been if there was no pandemic, anyways, in, a, in about a two-year span, versus what has been caused due to supply chain, global supply chain issues, and has been causing a rise in the price. So I know that there is already just some of that built in because things just go up in price over time, but. I, I know for a fact that over two years, it would not have gone up this much if it was not for the pandemic. So the no. pandemic definitely has a direct effect on pricing everywhere, even at your local grocery store, but definitely at Disney World too. So that's that's great um, points there. So moving on to post-trip, I don't really have much about after your trip, how has the pandemic affected once you leave Walt Disney World. I, I maybe have one thing. Do you have anything on yeah, this? Yeah, so plan? I have one. I have a big one in, in a lot okay. of ways because all right, a lot of and and I guarantee you, a lot of listeners are going to say this too. A lot of people, again, the Disneyites, Disney Files, whatever we want to call ourselves. I still don't. I still don't really have a a good um, naming convention for the people that we are. But we're big Disney fans. We go down to visit DVC, whatever. As soon as we get home. I'm ready to look. I'm looking for that next trip and trying to figure out, start planning for that next trip. Yeah, that's right. But this trip, I got home and I was like, wow, I spent a lot of money on that trip. Yeah, that's right. I got to, how do I, I I don't even, I don't know if I can, I'm not even ready to plan for that next trip yet. I got to see, I spent a lot of money, way more than I normally ever did on a trip. Um, And I didn't, I bought half the souvenirs I would ever buy. Um, and I still spent more money. I, I like what 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 happened? What did I get for my right. money on this trip? Right. And so I am. That was that was a big one for me. Is like I am usually so anxious to get to get on the, start that cycle over again. Start the cycle, the the circle of life, and I want to start That's doing right. that again. But I really wasn't ready to start again because I was still worried about paying off all the. You know, I just spent a I ton know. of money that I didn't didn't want to spend. So that is that is a big one for me. Um, I I you know post trip. You want to you want to share your pictures, look through your souvenirs, find things you know, enjoy you know, look, think of your memories, talk about what you did. 
and plan for the next trip and like learn, Hey, what did I learn this trip? Guess what? I want to, you know, what, you know, for example, when you, when you and I went on rise of resistance, I'm like, right. okay, now I, I can't wait to plan to bring my kids to see rise of resistance. Just like you were, you couldn't plan to bring me, which I, which yeah. I totally appreciate uh, your exuberance because that was worth it to me. It made, it made my whole trip. And then I couldn't wait to bring my kids to that same thing. So I sure. was, I had that anticipation. I was, right. you know, talk, get, talking to them, giving them, telling them how good it was without giving away some of the tips. But right now, like, like for example, Galactic Star Cruiser, I want to do that. And I'm trying to plan, I'm trying to save for that. Yeah. But the more I look at this, I'm like, this is a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I want to do it. And I just saw some pictures recently that made me even want to look at it and do it more. But I, is the money, can the money justify itself, especially in this day and age right now? I know. I, I know. don't know, Evan. I don't know. Yeah. The only thing I had was, which I think you, you don't get this right now. Um, but, but like right during the pandemic, I think there was, I wrote down a note over here. Do you think, and this was my sentence. Do you think there's still judgment when people go to somewhere like a theme park full of people over a secluded spot or are we past that? I think we're past that now, but I definitely know for a fact that during, you know, when we went down in June, like in 2020 or even, you know, in the, maybe a year ago or something there, there was judgment on people who went down, like, how dare you go? You're spreading uh, COVID. And I'm trying, I'm, I'm not getting political here. I'm just, no, I'm but just we, I know we had, a, we had a, we had a you mutual know. friend who had to deal with that. I mean, I know. Yeah. And, yeah. and that, you know, I don't think that's fair. I don't think people should have done that because people should be allowed to do what they want to do. And if they want to go on a trip, they can go on a trip. Right. I, I, I never understood why people would, would shame people for doing something. Yeah. You know, hey, I don't it, think that that's like it is anymore. You know, no, I don't think no, you're I, seeing I that haven't now, seen that. But, I haven't seen that yet. I haven't yeah. seen that at all. I haven't but, even seen anybody argue over masks, which I used to see it all the time. I don't, yeah. I have not seen that at all. Right. Absolutely. But uh, I think that's, do you have any more thoughts on, on this no. in general? No, I, I just think that overall our, our experience and what we do to plan and enjoy our trip has changed. Planning is such a big part of what we do, the pre-trip section. Obviously, that took the most time of our discussion today. Right. Why? Because it does. It it takes a long time. Yeah. So um, planning is impacted tremendously. Of, of the three things, besides money, which is obviously money is money makes the world go around and and, sure. and we want, you know, we we don't want we want to spend as little as possible. But right. planning took a hit. Big time. That's, that's, I'll, I'll end on that one. Yeah, I agree. Planning took a huge hit. How we approach our vacation is has taken a huge hit. I'm interested to see what, you know, like I said, we're not post pandemic. We're still dealing with COVID. People are still dealing with families are still dealing with it. Doctors are still dealing with it. It's still present, but we are coming out of it for sure. Unless something else happens past the time of this recording or whatever, we're coming out of it. And what we are we can do now is reflect on these changes and it has definitely transformed how we approach our vacation and plan for our vacation so i'm interested to see what is going to happen past this point uh going forward but brian great show idea i appreciate it and uh spoonies if you want to talk about this let's go to our facebook group let's let's chat on it a spoonful of podcast spoonie nation facebook group you can find us on instagram and twitter Email us info at a spoonful of podcast.com. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We would definitely appreciate it. Um, 
Spotify. You can now leave reviews on as well. So whatever means or way you listen to us, a review would be appreciated. So broadcasting, as always, from the backside of water. Until next time, we'll see you then. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to A Spoonful of Podcast. You can find show notes, ways to follow us on social media, and all episodes on a aspoonfulofpodcast.com. Now that you've experienced the magic, it's time for the most dangerous part of our podcast, the return to civilization. Thank you.